It's a murder, murder in paradise. Oh, it's a murder, murder in paradise. You could go to paradise, but you might get murdered. It's a murder, murder in paradise. Oh, it's a murder, murder in paradise. Murder in paradise. Previously on Murder in Paradise. After many years of correspondence with Misty Vanderhorn, Tombolo and Misty decide to live together in her native town of the Cape of Good Hope. Being together for many years now, they have a beautiful life. They have a nice hilltop, cliffside house with a beautiful garden full of bougainvilleas. They like to sit out in the morning and have their breakfast there. And in the evening they like to sit out on the, on the veranda, overlooking the sea, watching the sunset, wearing pastels and drinking wine. Tombolo's got a new taste for wine since moving to the Cape of Good Hope. He managed to get a job there through a family friend of Misty's and he is now he is now an inspector in the Cape of Good Hope Police Service. Everything was going smoothly for a few years, where all he would do would be to hand would be to help drunken tourists from the wineries back to the train station. However now something uh, something terrible has happened. There's been a murder. A murder in paradise. It was an early one April morning when Tombolo got a call after arriving in the office. It was from a, it was from a distraught lady who was staying at the at the Cape of Good Hope Lighthouse. He he instantly made it w- made his way there with way there with his assistant by his side. Together they they they, they happened upon a terrible crime. For the for the lady was covered in blood, and inside the lighthouse, on the first floor, there was her husband, sitting in an armchair, covered in blood, clearly dead from a wound to the heart, from a, a wound caused by a sword, but not just any sword, a sword that was also piercing the body of a decayed skeleton. Tombolo did not, Tombolo had never seen such a sight, so much blood and so much death, old death and new death, but death nonetheless. He decided, he decided this was too much of, he didn't want to disturb the crime scene, so he called his friends in the forensic department, and they arrived. Where we last left Tombolo, he was reassuring the lady that although something terrible has happened, it will not disturb her holiday too much, for the Cape of Good Hope is a beautiful place, even if today it is not her Cape of Good Hope, but her Cape of Tears. As Tombolo waited for the forensics to arrive, he, he, he took some details from the lady. It turns out her and her husband, Charlotte and Ebenezer, of the family Stanhope, had arrived from Namibia and were there on holiday, just for a short break. They take some time off between shifts during, during the low season at the plastic factory where they both worked. This this was their third wedding anniversary. What should have been a joyous occasion became an occasion for tears, her tears, her tears, and his blood. A terrible mix. Turns out they just had they just arrived that day, on on the overnight flight, and as he was putting his bags down, in the in 
the in the living room. He collapsed into the armchair in tiredness. And then, as Charlotte described it, there was a rumble and the, and the ceiling collapsed. And almost in slow motion, the skeleton's body fell through and the sword, while he, Ebenezer was looking up, pierced, pierced him right to the left of his clavicle and straight through his heart. A terrible situation. He consoled her as much as he could, for he did not want to continue to interview her too, her too intensely. She would have had a terrible day. As he watched and looked out towards looked out towards the sea, he could see the forensic van coming along the road, along with a hearse. A terrible sight. Two vehicles nobody ever wants to see coming towards them, or going away from them for that matter. When they arrived there, he greeted the forensic officers. They were his friends, he'd known them throughout the years, but never in such work scenarios, usually at the local golf tournament, which he played in twice a year, the winter and summer season. He showed them around and brought them into the house. They started to get, uh, they put on their gloves and walked gingerly into the room. They saw the scenario and both and gasped. They had never seen anything like this before. Blood and swords and skeletons. A strange mix, a terrible vista. They could see that it came through the ceiling, so they went up to the floor upstairs. The floor upstairs was a large, large enough round room, as all rooms are in a lighthouse, and he could see and he could see that there was light through the floorboard. This was this was the place where the ceiling had collapsed. Together they gingerly lifted the floorboards. Beneath the floorboards they saw several things. Some old clothes folded in a pile and some uh, some old money as well as as well as other strange personal effects. Things like bottles and pieces of paper that had fallen through the cracks. One thing was for sure, this skeleton hadn't fallen through a crack. It had been placed there quite deliberately. And why the sword? Why was the sword in its heart? Or in its body? So many so many strange, unanswered questions. Such an investigation for Tombolo. He left the forensics in the room and they photographed everything. He requested that they send all the photos to him, as he was as he was now the first responding officer and possibly the most the most senior official from miles around. For the Cape of Good Hope was quite was quite a sparsely populated place, and most of the people living there owned wine taverns. He was definitely the only official suitable for the job. They took all the photos and came out to him. He was standing outside. They said they'd bring them by his office that day. Tombola did not know what else to do, for there was nothing else that could happen in the because could be done with the building. At this stage. He would have to wait for forensics to get back to him. He cordoned off the building with some yellow tape that says police line, do not cross, and locked the door firmly behind him. This is it. He asked his he asked his he asked his assistant to look into the owner and send word that something had happened. He would explain to him at the station what exactly had happened. You can go to paradise, but you might get murdered. It's a murder, murder in paradise. That day, Tombolo returned to the office, and he could, and he could not think of anything else. What a strange scenario! What was he to do? He tried to have a joke, but his ha ha 
and laugh more as all was, for he had no energy in his heart. What he had seen today had truly shocked him. He, he arranged he later that day, at around 3 p.m., after he had some crawfish soup for lunch. The forensic officer arrived with the newly developed photos. He didn't want to leave it too long because he wanted to show the he wanted to show Tombolo instantly what he had seen. There was three pic there was the pictures that the pictures he had were 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 useful and they documented everything. However, one picture stood out. One picture really got Tombolo curious. What was going on? It was the money, the little pile of money that had been left that was in the room, under the floorboards. It was distinctive, for he did not recognise any of the coins. He could see that there was there was flowers on them, and they and it had the year nineteen seventy on one and nineteen sixty eight on the other, but they didn't look complete and they didn't look new. It looked like as if they were they looked like older coins, coins from a different place perhaps. Tombolo knew there was only w- one way to figure out more about these coins, because the coins in a person's pocket tells you an awful lot about where they came from, and perhaps they will tell him the origins of the skeleton. He he picked up his phone book and opened it, and looked under the letter N. He saw all sorts of N- things beginning with N's: needle workshops, Narnia clowns, and ultimately, new mistresses. Ah, new mysticists, the study of money. This may shed some light on this pile of money. He called the first one. There was no answer. He called the second one, and there was an answer. It was a lady answered the phone. Oh, oh, hello, she said, in an airy voice that sounded like a ghost in a faraway room. (laughs) He was like, yes, hello. This is Inspector Tombolo of the Cape of Good Hope Police Station. Maybe you can help me with something. I have a crime and I need to help with identifying some money. Oh, identifying money? Trying to find out the origins of an older coin? Something I specialise in? Yes, yes, he said, in a quite confused tone, not understanding why the woman was talking like a ghost. It made the whole day seem a lot more airier. She, was, she said, and he asked, can I come by? Can I drop by to show you these pictures of these notes, of this money I have? Oh yes, oh yes, come by. Okay, I'll be there at two. Oh no, don't come at two, for that time has passed. And Tambola looked at his watch, not realising how the day had slipped away from him. Perhaps you can come later, after I've lunched. Yes, yes, Tombolo said, curiously wondering both why she was talking like a ghost and how the day had slipped away from him. He was usually so diligent with his time. She was having quite late lunch. He was also wondering why she was having such a late lunch. But this was not the question he needed to investigate right now. (laughs) Okay. Where where can I find you? You can find me in the parade, just above just above the curio shop. Yes, I have. I run Floriana's money store. Yes, he said. He'd never noticed anywhere above the parade. 
and never noticed the gift shop or the curiosity shop among the parade. But he would go there nonetheless, and he would find it. He hopped. He said goodbye to the lady and took the pictures of the money with him. By this stage, as he left the police station, a gang of reporters were outside asking questions. Huh, reporters. They're like rats. We put out a little bread and they all come. But they'll ne- but, and they'll leave when all the crumbs are gone. And they won't tell you anything more after that. But he didn't, he, he didn't want to. He had to say something to them. He turned to the reporters and said, Yes, yes, something terrible has happened today here in the Cape of Good Hope and in and around the lighthouse. I do not want to discuss it any more, but it is something that has truly shocked me and shocked our community. I will tell you more in due course. And with that, he hopped in his car and made his way towards the parade. It's a murder, murder in paradise. You can go to paradise, but you might get murdered. It's a murder. Murder, murder.